We are in the midst of a nationwide crime wave, economic instability, and geopolitical turmoil all at once. Americans are rightly concerned about their country. We are facing an avalanche of the most dangerous challenges in our nation's history. And are you prepared if the worst happens? If not, go to preparewithposo.com. Human Events Daily has arranged a special deal where you can get stocked up with a long-term discount on emergency food by partnering with My Patriot Supply. So at My Patriot Supply and us, we've established preparewithposo.com to save $150 on the three-month emergency food kit. And of course, this comes from My Patriot Supply. They are America's largest preparedness company with over 56,000 four- and five-star reviews. My Patriot Supply's food is specially packaged to stay fresh for up to 25 years in storage. So it will be there whenever you need it. Survival experts recommend a three-month supply per person. That's each person in your family. You get three solid months of delicious meals with over 2,000 calories per day. You can throw in your garage. You can throw into the trunk of your car for peace of mind if anything happens on one of those long journeys. To order yours today, go to preparewithposo.com, and I'm going to make sure the producers put that link in the description. One kit per person. Act now. Save $150 on the food that you sadly may need soon. Preparewithposo.com. We are excited to welcome back now Human Events Daily, none other than man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. James O'Keefe. James, you've just finished the, the I, would, I would almost say speech, but a routine. I would say yeah, it's yeah, more of a yeah. routine now that you're doing at the Turning Point events. You attempted to do a, a performance in Las Vegas. They, you were, you were uh, prevented from doing so, uh, much to the chagrin of everyone who wanted to come. But, but tell us, um, what is the latest? Because I understand you are pressing forward with legal cases against both the New York Times and, uh, was it CNN? Yes. And CNN, yes. So we sued CNN for defamation. We sued the New York Times for defamation. And the CNN case, CNN filed what's called a motion to dismiss. Of course. And in this document, they said, because what happened was we recorded this Facebook guy outside of his house. Right. And there was a number on his lamp post like, you know, lamp, the number was not blurred in the video. Oh, my god! And all journalists right, right, filmed right, numbers. Right. So so this was an accident. It wasn't a big deal. Twitter banned us citing this. We violated this guy's privacy. But right. CNN, the same thing, Brett Kavanaugh and... and the, yeah, the, they the, routinely, routinely do this to their targets. But we, we did it. It wasn't malicious or anything. So they, they banned us from Twitter. And then CNN goes on the air and says, we were banned for promoting misinformation. Well, that's not why we were banned. Right. So we sued him for defamation. The judge... In Georgia, as a federal judge said, well, there's no difference between posting a number on a lamppost and promoting disinformation, which is absurd. There is a difference. Clearly. So, so we appealed that to what's called the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Yes. And that's where it sits, and a judgment will be delivered in a year from now. In the New York Times case, that's really, again, if I say these things, it sounds like comedy, and, and you might, like, your, your mouth is wide open. That's because it's so ridiculous. We sued the New York Times for defamation because they called me deceptive and part of a disinformation campaign. Mm -hmm. The New York Times defense in court was that that was an opinion. The judge said, well, you putting your opinion in the first sentence of an article and, and a news factual article, right. that is deception and disinformation. Oh. The New York Times appealed that judgment to the appellate division and they said that the words verifiable and deceptive have no actual meaning. So now the New York Times <laughs> is saying that words have no meaning. 
which is really rich because you can't have it both ways. It's kind of endemic of where we are today. It is. And the USA Today and Facebook relies upon groups like the New York Times to, to do their fact checking. So what is fact? What is opinion? These are really seminal constitutional issues. And all the while that's happening, the FBI raids me. Correct. I file two motions in federal court in, in, in New York City, federal court, try to get my stuff back. Also filed a motion to unseal, unseal the basis, the, the probable cause for the raid, which remains a mystery at this wait, point. Wait, 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 wait. So the, the last time I interviewed you, we had you on the show, it was, I want to say December. Yeah. Right? And this was something we were talking about. We were saying we wanted to get, you wanted to get the warrant, right? Because yeah. everyone is under the Fourth Amendment. You are, you have the right as an American citizen to at least see the warrant. What yeah. are the charges? Uh, what's come up against you? What is the purpose for this raid? And it, it goes back to being able to face your accuser. This goes back to Roman law, believe it or not. Well, if you if you get if, if you have yet to actually see that. No, and if you're a federal search, federal search warrants are, are quite rare. I mean, for the FBI to execute a warrant and raid someone's home, it may be followed by an immediate indictment. Upon which time it does get unsealed. The affidavit gets sure. unsealed in in a criminal trial. But there has been no trial of me no one has been charged with anything i'm not the, 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 the things on the warrant were accessory after the fact transportation of stolen documents across state lines which you do routinely the new york times every journalist transports sure. stolen Absolutely. material that's what journalists do so for them to put this on a so warrant found, I've, I've got a couple of copies of the hunter biden hard drive with me right right so, so it's it's yeah. a it's a ridiculous absurd even it's not it's not like it's a non-crime but it's absurd to put on a warrant these are the things that justified the raid. So what we're trying to do is show the, the affidavit. I want to see who lied to the FBI. Right. Was it Ashley Biden? Right. Well, well, are they going to prosecute the president's daughter for lying to the FBI? And Ashley Biden's lawyer is also the attorney for the daughter-in-law of the federal prosecutor who obtained the warrants. A lot of this stuff is in the weeds. It's very, people's eyes sort of glaze over. But this is, the process is the punishment. Like, they put you through this. Well, this is, this is Kafka, right? This is um, Kafka's seminal work, The Trial. In the original German, the, the, the name of the book is Der Process. And that, of course, by the end of it, Kafka is led off for execution in the for which the crime is never actually stated to Kafka. Right. right to the, well, to the main character, I should say. Uh, I think it's Joseph Epp is the main character. He's never actually told what, what he's being charged with. Well, this is the Kafkaesque thing here is that the federal judge in December, when I spoke with you, appointed what's called a special master. Yes, the special and master. And in this motion, she goes, well, there's First Amendment issues. These are journalistic concerns. Those are her word. But if you're a journalist, the United States law says you have to unseal that affidavit. You must show people the evidence. That's self-evident, right? Yes. Let's say they were raiding your home, Jack, and they said, I need to look through all of your source material to make sure you're not breaking the law. You would say, well, that's absurd. Right. You want to look through all my anonymous sources to ensure I'm not breaking the law? That's circular reasoning. I think, what, what, they, they would never do that to NBC News. They would never do that to the New York no. Times and, because they couldn't get away with it optically. And, and here's the thing, and, and, and I'll, I'll be very clear about this. Every working journalist in America that uses sources to receive documents, recordings, obviously recordings, James O'Keefe, you are infamous and right. famous for your recordings, right? Of course, we are constantly asking our sources for these, these tidbits, whether it's a document, whether it's a factoid, or up to the level of, I would say pretty much the highest thing you could get is a recording. That's probably Correct. the hardest thing to achieve. And, and the fact that you were able to do so so masterfully, I don't know if everyone who out there understands, it's actually quite hard 
to to achieve these. You're running potentially weeks of time that goes well, into this. Well, well, the, the the most remarkable thing that happened since I saw you is we had an FBI whistleblower come to us. An FBI. That's what I saw. And this. and this I person this. gave us a document on their own computer system that called us journalists. <laughs> the prosecutors in our own case refused to call us that. They actually said, you're not a journalist because you don't get consent to record people, which is also absurd on five different levels, primary being many people at NBC News exposed Jiffy Lube and Chicago Sun-Times undercover work. I'd love to ask the, uh, the FBI if they, if they uh, have a practice of getting consent before no. they go to it, This people. whole thing is so, not, it's, it's Kafkaesque, I consider it some combination of Orwellian and Kafkaesque because, you know, George Orwell, the famous line, 1984, um, double think. Yes. Double think means holding two contradictory beliefs in one's own mind and believing them simultaneously. Exactly. It's not, I don't know if it's an ideology, it's, it's, an, it's a form of irrationality, but the good news is, as irrational as it was, these FBI agents, one of them blew the whistle. One of them assigned to my case blew the whistle. That's extraordinary. James, but but let, me, let me take it back a second because you you find yourself fighting these fights you're you're still out there you're still working in the midst of all this um you're you're doing on national tours essentially why go through all this why why fight wouldn't it be much easier to just say you know what they're gonna write what they write about me why fight the fights why go to court why go tooth and nail the way you do why not just why not just push it off and, and forget well it? because you're passionate about it and your passion exceeds whatever whatever pain you experience, when you're really driven to achieve this, you want, you want to get the story and show people what's going on. You're so passionate about meeting that goal, getting to the top of the mountain, that it justifies the pain. The first chapter of the book, American Muckraker, which came out in January, it's called Suffering. The first chapter of my book, the preface is called Suffering. And I, and I, and I take this head on. And, uh, after the raid, it was certainly traumatizing to my colleagues. They, they went to Spencer's home, Eric's home. These are right. colleagues of mine. Um, and they point guns at you. They're pointing guns at us now, Jack. Right. Uh, since we last spoke, I had an incident in Davos. Yes, you did. I was detained, um, was not arrested. And the fact checkers were trying to play some weird game that I had, I had, I had said something that didn't happen. I said detained. We were detained at gunpoint. Uh, none of us were handcuffed. But every myself, every single member of my crew, frisked, uh, fully frisked, full body frisk, um, behind a a stack of tables, over around the corner of the food court, which is attached to where the World Economic Forum was being held, for the crime of standing and filming and reporting on the World Economic Forum. But these officers had they were holding MP5s. That's a nine millimeter semi-automatic and in, in some cases uh, flagging us with the guns, right? And I've said this, that's where the barrel is directed, you know, where it could hit you. And we're never told what it was. They had patches, around half a dozen of these guys that said World Economic Forum Police. And so I reported it. We seem to have been detained by the World Economic Forum Police. The fact checkers leapt to the defense, not of us, right? Same way they wouldn't leap to your defense, but to say, actually those patches are ceremonial and it's it's a detachment of the local police that's assigned to the world economic forum you see you need to be accurate when you're reporting meanwhile i'm actually standing on the road on the side of an of an alpine mountain uh being held by these police trying to get my own story well out. i mean and that's another example you're a threat jack i mean what you do that you're you're one of the top 10 threats 
And you're still on Twitter, right? Still. For now. Last I checked. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I was, I mean, I was they, tweeting just before we came on. They, so they removed so. me for, for photographing. In a photograph, there was a lamppost with a number. I mean, it's a, these are absurd things. I mean, it's so absurd that it, it, but there was a lot of good news. And, you know, I said my speech here at Turning Point. The fact that both of the two restaurants in New York City that Twitter guy ran into, they were fans of mine. The owners of the restaurant loved us. In fact, you had an FBI whistleblower come forth. And I think, and I think the truth wins in the end. The, the arc of the moral universe can, is long and it bends towards justice. The most important thing is to not give up. The most important thing is to just not give up. Because when you don't give up and you keep running towards the fire, like as, as Breitbart once said, you, you send a message to people that, that they can do it too. And there are, and it's, it's also a lot of fun. I mean, if you see my speech here today, it was just, the whole thing was a comedy bit. Like the whole thing, it was just hilarious. Well, I appreciate that you, you're able to turn it into that, right? You know, yeah. being from the military, you know, we deal with a lot of heavy stuff and you just, you have to have, you have that gallows humor that black you have sometimes. To. Yeah. And if you don't turn that on, that's, that's when you, that's when you turn into Nietzsche and lose your mind. Well, you know, there are moments of that, but there's also moments of extreme hope and the amount of people that come up to us you might have people that, that come up to me and say, don't stop, you know, keep doing Same. this. Yeah. That's, 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 and there's more, more than you might think. I mean, people inside the media talk to me that are in the mainstream media. They, they secretly, uh -oh. uh, secretly like Project Veritas. Right. But they're afraid to, like the Sami stop in the Soviet yeah. Union, they're afraid to say anything yeah. publicly for fear of retaliation. All, it's only, all that matters is to keep going. And we have a very historic case of the FBI. They rule against us on this motion. That's, a, that's historic. If they rule for us, on this motion, that's yes. historic. We expect a ruling any any month now. No, I know I know we're pressed for time, but the last thing I want to ask you on. I know we're in an election year. Elections have historically been something that you are very known for. Uh, do you have anything in the works, campaign-wise, as we lead towards the midterms? I mean, the answer is yes. I mean, what what don't we have in the works? I mean, we have people everywhere. So you'll see in September and October. I don't know if you saw the Crystal Matthews story we did in South Carolina. That was a um, United States Senate candidate running against yes, Tim Scott, and yes. she goes, I got dope money. This is a senator, or I'm sorry, a Senate candidate running in the, United, the general election, bragging about duffel bags filled with dope money, and she won the primary against Tim <laughs> Scott. It's like Tim an episode of the, uh, of the Wire. And then she says, right. we're white supremacists. I don't know where she got that from. And then she apologized for what she said. So yeah, we have more, we have, we, we have people everywhere. And, and uh, if you're watching this, you know, Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com is our encrypted uh, email. Uh, that's how we got the recording of Crystal Matthews in a jail. Really? She was talking on the phone in the jail cell to an inmate bragging about all these things. But you got that in as a cold tip. That was a whistleblower. Wow. That was a source. Wow. Which is really, I mean, where else are they going to go? Are they going to go to the Washington Post? It's true. They can't go there. So... So the FBI raiding uh, journalists' homes, obviously their whole intent was to go through 200,000 of my emails. Uh, apparently they didn't get anything because Lord knows they would have leaked that to their, to the Hardy Boys of the New York Times, like Mike Schmidt and, and Adam Goldman. Adam Goldman yeah. That'd be the entire national security apparatus the New York Times investigating Project Veritas. So they got nothing. All they got were a few legal memos that were like, look, maybe look, look, make us look good. So stay tuned. Veritas tips at protonmail.com and I hope to talk to you soon. James, always a pleasure. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, man.